All right, ladies. I'm very, very excited to have Pastor Ryan with us this morning. Um, Ryan Peters, pastor on staff um, over Next Steps, which encompasses a huge umbrella of things. Um, he's involved in growth track and freedom ministries, Wednesday night services, small groups, baptisms, um, anything also considered Next Steps at our church. Um, his lovely wife, Catherine, is here with us this morning. Um, they've been married for 13 years. They have three beautiful daughters. And so I just want you to welcome Ryan. I know he has a, just a wonderful word for us this morning. So Ryan, please come and take your liberty in the Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, it is still morning. This is always a challenge for me, but this is good because um, Pastor Tom asked me to speak at the men's breakfast, and uh, so this is like a warm-up for that. I don't even know what time they meet. I think I'm just going to stay up all night. What time is it? Somebody said 6.30. 6.30? Okay, I'm not going to go to bed. I'm just going to show up there. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. So so this is good. How's everybody doing? Good. Awesome. So thank you for having me. Um, I look forward to it. Pastor Karen has a really interesting role with people in general. It's like she says things and she thinks she's saying one thing, but she's saying something else. And so when I know that um, she wants me to speak, She's saying more than just that. It's like, hold on, God's about ready to do something in you personally so that you can speak from a place of um, knowing. <laughs> and so uh, last time I was here, I think it was a year ago, um, God took me through some very real things, and it was great. Um, and then I was able to preach from that place, and then he did the same thing this time as well. And I don't know if we'll get there. We might get there. It depends on how much you pull out of me this morning. But I'm really excited because we're kicking off the Freedom Series. And Freedom is a message. Um, it's more of a lifestyle. I'll explain that in a minute. But it's, it's something that's very near and dear to me because I was a mess. <laughs> and uh, I had 28 years programming me. And now I'm 10 years on the other side of Jesus, and I'm still understanding some things that are, that are new as I continue to draw nearer and nearer to him. But um, just the message of freedom in general, the understanding of what freedom actually is, uh, freedom ministry, something that's here at Res Life, uh, Kairos, and just, just that message of freedom um, has been very impactful in my wife, or my life, I was going to say my wife's. <laughs> My wife's life as well. It's true. Um, even the, the freedom, freedom Ministry in and of itself was actually birthed in um, Texas at, at Gateway Church. And then they trained other churches, um, just kind of some of the some of the classes that they do. And we adopted that, and, and we kind of made it our own now. Um, but I even remember um, one time, kind of a part of our personal journey, per, personal testimony, uh, we were going through some amazing things. It was Daniel fast time, so God's speaking crazy things to us. And, and uh, one of the crazy things he, he told us was to get a hold of this guy that created Freedom Ministries and have him start praying for us. And it was just weird because at that time he was traveling all over. He's doing book things and, and launching Freedom Ministry and all these other churches and stuff. And, and so I called his personal assistant. I didn't know that I was going to get his personal assistant. I called the church. And... Um, left a voicemail with his personal assistant and just said, hey, here's what's going on. I really feel like uh, you all need to be praying for us. And that's just one of those God things and just laid it out on the line. That was like a Monday. 
that Wednesday, the personal assistant called me and said, hey, got your message, relayed it to Bob, his name's Bob, and um, you said you were in Michigan, right? So I called on a Monday, got a, got a call on a Wednesday. She said, you're, you're in Michigan, right? I said, yeah, well, um, Bob's out of town, so I let him know what was going on, but are you familiar with Richland, Michigan? And I was like, yeah. And I said, are you going to say Radiant Church? And she's like, yeah. And, and she's like, well, Bob said he's going to be there this weekend, so just go down there and he'll pray for you personally. And um, I, I'll never forget, I'll never forget um, going there and uh, being that weird creeper dude that gets, you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, can we go talk to, to him, you know? And, and I just told him, I was like, we're, we're the phone call people. And, uh, and uh, it was just so funny. His, his expression was like, he's like, God told me to pray for you? You know, kind of the little, if those of you that know him. Um, I'll never forget the expression on my wife's face. Um, and she just started telling him and started weeping and crying um, just how important uh, that message of freedom has been in, in her life. And that's, that's a picture that's just permanently burned in my brain. And um, so freedom is amazing once you understand what freedom is. And so we're just going to kind of talk about that a minute. We're going to define freedom. Um, we're, we're kicking off this freedom series, and we'll kind of see what happens. Um, I'm still waiting to see what happens, but I want to, let's do this. How many of you know Marilyn Hickey? Awesome. So I need 100% participation from every single one of you. Okay. So I want you to put your hand on your heart <laughs> and say, I promise, I promise to participate, participate. 100%. 100%. Great. <laughs> and then say, devil, yuck, yuck, yuck. No. <laughs> um, this will come into play at the end of the message. So really, I, I'm saying this for your benefit, Okay. I want to paint a picture for you, and I want you to just, just kind of go along with me with this. So let's say it's Thursday morning, right, and you're on your way to Impact, and you pull in the parking lot, and you're starting to look around, and you notice there's no cars. Interesting. So you're like, okay, well, I'm either way late way early, it got canceled, but I'll just go inside and see what happens. So you go inside, you don't really know why you're going inside, but you're just feeling compelled to go inside. You go inside and no one's smiling at you at the door. You're not being greeted. But the door's open, so you walk in the door and no one's there, and you don't have any activity out there in that area, whatever they call it out there. And you notice the doors are open to this room, though. So you walk through the doors, and there's only one light right here in the middle. One light, one table, round table. And you notice there's one person sitting there. And you're like, this is weird. I didn't see any. I think I'm already hearing some 
smatterings. You're catching on. Um, <laughs> this is weird. No other cars, but you know it's a person. And you, you walk up to the table, and very, very quickly, you realize that it's Jesus. Do you know what to do? What would you do? Some of you, maybe five of you, maybe look at him and say, Well, I think it's me and you. Did you happen to see Planning Center? I'm assuming you're speaking. I'm saying only a handful, only a handful of you know what Planning Center is. It's this. I'll show you. This is Planning Center. This is the entire service right here. So with room for the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, some, of you, some of you might go to a place of routine and say, well, Jesus, um, we typically do three songs. So, um, kumbaya, my... You, <laughs> uh, no, uh, um, I don't know. Why am I painting this picture? I want you to go back to your initial thought, your initial feeling, your initial, once you realized it was Jesus, what was going on inside of you. Based upon what was going on inside of you, that could be an indicator that there's room for freedom in your life. If there's anything in there that, that would say, oh my gosh, I would run and hide, or oh my gosh, I would feel um, so exposed, or oh my gosh, I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even want to sit next to Jesus just because of something, or I don't even know if I, if I could approach Jesus. Or the minute I said that, all of a sudden fear came in. Or shame, or guilt, or condemnation, or sadness, or grieving. That's an indicator that you might have room for freedom in your life. And I kind of want to just start with that picture because I want to define to you what freedom really is. When we're talking about freedom, we're talking about becoming the you that God created you to be. Now, here's the thing. It's the you that God created you to be without any hindrance. Without any barrier. Without any holding back. And if there's anything that's stopping you from being the you that God's created you to be, there's an opportunity for freedom in your life. So when we're talking about freedom, we aren't talking about getting rid of something. We're talking about the presence of someone. And that's huge. 
We're not talking about, I have to deal with my anxiety issue, so I have to have better behavior. I have to do things differently. I have to try to do everything under my own power so that I can be what this says I am. No. No, freedom is from your place of identity in what God believes you to be is hearing that in a way to where it releases peace to you. That's freedom. The presence of him in your life setting you free to be the you that you were designed to be. That's, that's freedom. I'll maybe explain this a little bit um, right now just to kind of paint an even better picture for you. Uh, I was going through Proverbs, just reading Proverbs, and there was a proverb that was talking about pride. And I'm sharing this for the second time now. I, I have to, can I be honest with you a minute? God is good. He is so good. And there are times where we can be afraid of what he might have for us, but if you would just surrender and receive, even in the face of the fear, he will prove himself true to you. I was reading through Proverbs, and there was something that said something about pride. I don't remember exactly what what scripture it was, but it was one of the pride scriptures. And... God has been speaking some huge things to my wife and I, hence the fear, right? Um, Some things that I know that I can't do by myself, but I know that I need to partner with God and start speaking them forth and sharing things. Danielle, are you here today? There you are. Um, uh, Danielle even encouraged me one time, you know, well, have you shared it with anyone? Have you talked to anyone about it? And that really challenged me because it it challenged me to start getting real with God. And and, and so I'm I'm praying with him and, and there are some like areas where we need some like really, really big amounts of resources for these big God dreams that he's given, given me and he's called my wife and I into and, and, um, like, money and other stuff and just lots of stuff that sometimes you feel weird praying about, right? And so I'm reading the scripture about pride and and I just said to God, I said, God, you know, I'm I'm coming to you asking for these these amazing big things, but if there is pride anywhere in my asking, just show me. Please show me because that's not my heart. That's not my intention. I just want to partner with the dreams that I feel like you're giving me for the next season of our life. And, and he said to me, he asked me a question. Typically when you, when you ask God a question, he likes to ask a question back. I don't, yeah, he's sneaky like that. And so he asked me, he said, well, why do, you, why do you want all that? And so I started thinking about it, and I said, well, to be honest with you, it's because I like, to, I like to give. I'm a giver. I love giving. And I feel like all of that would allow us to give even more in lots of areas in our lives. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about all kinds of things. And then he asked me another question. 
he said, why do you like to give? And I started thinking about it. And I said, well, when I'm giving, I feel like I'm truly alive. Like, I don't feel more alive than I do when I'm giving. Whether it's giving, speaking, or giving money, or giving resources, or connecting people with other people, or whatever it is. But in that very moment, for me, I feel the most alive. And he spoke these words to me. And he said, that's because giving is living, and living is giving. And the minute he said that, it wasn't the actual words that he said, but the minute he said that, those words became a reality in my heart. And it did something inside of me, and it unleashed something inside of me to where I thought it was pride, but it was fear. Where fear was actually holding me back from stepping into the things that God has called me to step into. In that moment of God's very voice speaking to me, I found freedom. So freedom for me in that particular area wasn't trying harder to pursue the things that God called me into. It was the very presence. It was the very creative, redemptive power, that life-giving word spoken to me. It was his presence from the identity who he's called me to be, from the belief of who he says I am. It was, it was that in my life that brought freedom. That will in turn allow me to become who God's created me to be. When I say freedom, that's freedom. That's freedom. And if you haven't caught on by now, just by some of the things that I'm saying, hearing God's voice is absolutely key when it comes to freedom, true freedom. And for some of you, the minute I said hearing God's voice is key, some of you may have already checked out already. I don't hear God. I'm not good enough to hear God. I'm not a pastor. You're a pastor. Of course you hear God. Joking. <laughs> I want to run something by you that is going to help you. On your uh, tables, there's something that looks like a, a kindergartner drew. And it's intentionally simple. Because our ability to hear God is intentionally simple. <laughs> so I want to show something to you. How many of you saw me do this on a Wednesday night once? One? Yes. <laughs> I'm thankful. <laughs> well, first of all, I know it wasn't all of you, because all of you were here on a Wednesday night. It would be a completely different environment, and that's a good thing. Um, I was hoping it wasn't like half over here and just like, shoot, I really have to run through this thing. Okay, so on, on your paper, you will notice three lines, okay? And I'm going to do this really, really quickly because we need to do it quickly in order to move on. We're supposed to be done at 11, right? Okay, great. So if you want to fill in the blanks, so these three lines represent who we are. This is how God created us, okay? 
We're three-part beings. Most of you have heard that. I'm pretty sure Pastor Karen has talked about spirit, soul, and body. Some head nods. Okay, good. So we all know spirit, soul, body. So for, for this particular um, picture and the one that's on your sheet in front of you, we're going to call this body. The middle is spirit. I'm sorry. I already did that wrong. Middle is soul. Thank you. See, I do need that one person from the Wednesday night. <laughs> this is spirit. And then you have a couple circles. So just so that everyone's on the same page, um, I'll, I'll see, we'll just test this thing. What is soul? Mind, will, and emotions. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to do M-W-E, because you all know that already. That's awesome. Okay, so our souls, our mind, and our will, and emotions. I want to show you something. So before we know Christ... Before we say yes to Jesus, we look to the world. And as we look to the world, the world is constantly telling us everything that we see, everything that we hear, everything that we do, everything that the world is programming us for. This is all coming in this way. And it is programming our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so this is the way that we know how to live before Christ. But... The minute we say yes to Jesus, something happens. We say yes to Jesus, and all of a sudden, our spirit is made new. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything's new. The old man has died. The new man has come. This is where this happens. When we say yes to Jesus, this is what happens. We're the... We're the the, um, the power, the transformation, and everything that takes place initially happens right here in our spirit. And because of that, because of Jesus, we have this connection to God. So this is God. This is the world. And so now, what's supposed to happen is... We start to hear from God. We see his word. We start to understand things. He starts speaking to us and showing us things. And, and our identity of who God says I am, now we're supposed to get everything this way, from God, through our spirit, renewing our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. When we talk about transformation, the majority of the transformation that has to take place is right here in our mind, in our will, and emotions. So what I was talking about earlier about that area of pride, which was really fear, God had to speak to me spirit to spirit in order to transform the way that I thought, which in turn became a new belief. But what I want to key in on is this right here, when we say yes to Jesus, this right here is what allows everyone to hear from God. It's not what books you've read. It's not what conference you've gone to. It's not what anyone has told you that you can't hear from God. It's not, this, it's not I have to get rid of my, my sin in my life or 
really, it's behavior. I have to get rid of a bad behavior in my life, and that's going to allow me to hear from God. I, I, want you to, I want you to really, really, there's freedom in what I'm saying right here. This right here is your ticket to hear God's voice in this alone. And if you've said yes to Jesus, done. Tuning into his frequency is a little bit different. But I wanted to show this to you because this is, this is key. This is key. What can happen is we start hearing things from God and we start hearing things that Pastor Karen's saying or that the worship team's saying, but all of a sudden we start to realize we're not seeing it out here in the world. We're hearing God, we're reading his word, but we don't see evidence in our outside life. And so it's easy to think, well, God's word doesn't work for me. Oh, that's not true at all. The, the message that I did on Wednesday was called um, something. <laughs> gatekeeper to transformation. Your gatekeeper to transformation. So if you're not seeing transformation in your life, I'm going to give you a little help. Right here, this is your gatekeeper. Your soul is the gatekeeper to transformation. If you're not seeing what you want to see in your life, Chances are your gatekeeper's not doing his job. Because when you hear God's word, when you read God's word, what's your mind, will, and emotions doing? If you hear that God can heal, and you're not seeing evidence out here because you're not praying for people, well, go back to your soul. What is your mind and your will and emotions doing with that word that you're hearing about God. Chances are your gatekeeper's not doing the job properly because your mind needs to be renewed to that very belief. There is a difference between thinking and understanding and beliefs. There is a huge difference. There's a huge difference. We can try to do things that would change our life out here. We could get busy with activities to bring that, that transformation that we want. We can pursue things from the world perspective to try to get that freedom that we want. And sometimes that works. Sometimes that works. If, uh, if you're having problem with your place of employment, and you're saying, you know what, I would just be a different person if I worked somewhere else. You could go and work somewhere else because of all the horrible, rotten people that you're working with. You can go and work somewhere else, and that might bring temporary relief. But the thing is, no matter where you go, there you are. I'll let that sink in a minute. So if there's any part that you play in that work environment stinking, it's going to be wherever you go. 
And so we can try to change things that way. We can try to change the world around us. We can try to bring temporary relief to that transformation that we ultimately long for. But it's not going to be the lasting change that we want. The lasting change comes this way. Because like I said earlier, when God's word speaks something to you, it's not just a word. It's the very thing he's speaking. What do I mean by that? When, when we pursue peace out here, based upon what the world says, we're, we're trying to grab on to, to a concept of peace. When God says peace to us, it becomes. It is what it is. Now, he may not say peace to you. He may some, say something else. You may be praying with somebody and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're going through a crazy time and just craziness in your life and, and you're sitting there with somebody and somebody looks up and looks at you and says, watermelon. And they look at you and you're like, What? I don't know. I just feel like God's saying watermelon right now. And you think about that, and all of a sudden you have a flashback from when you were a kid. And you're sitting on the dock at your grandma and grandpa's cottage, eating watermelon. And you remember that in those moments, that sun on your face, that joy that you felt, you wouldn't trade that for the world. And in that very moment, that word watermelon that that person heard from God and they spoke forth, in that moment brought you peace. The very peace that you have been trying to do things to obtain based upon activities or whatever. And in an instant like that, the minute God speaks it, it is. But that comes this way, spirit to spirit. Sometimes it's for you, sometimes it's for somebody else. But if we aren't seeing it out here, it's not getting past our soul. And that's why it's important to pursue this thing that we're talking about called freedom. Because freedom isn't a class, it isn't a ministry, it's a lifestyle. It is constantly pressing into God, hearing what he's saying, so that as he speaks things to us, our mind, our will, and our emotions are being renewed so that the evidence of that is showing up on the exterior of our life, in our lives, stepping into who God has truly created us to be. Why do we need to be who God created us to be? I'm glad you asked that question. I think we have a slide. I usually try to throw in one scripture at least to make sure that it's church legal. Okay. So, Jesus just got done getting tempted in the wilderness. And shortly after that, he steps in the synagogue and, and he pulls a scroll out. And this is what he says. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives. Nice timing. And recovery of sight to the blind. We've got to give props to the, to the AV team. They do a lot of awesome stuff. 
and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're going to keep that up there a minute. So Jesus steps on the scene and he says, okay, my identity was just challenged in the wilderness. Now I'm going to announce who I truly am. And he says, this is why I've been sent here. And he also said that further in the scripture, he said, what you're hearing has been fulfilled today. He's talking about himself, but he's saying this is why he's come. The, the, the statements before and these statements as well, he's saying recovery of sight, sight to the blind to set free the oppressed. So these things are the things that Jesus came to do. In order that, next scripture, in order that so we can Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded. The things that Jesus came here to do, that element of freedom that he brought for each and every one of us, isn't so that we can pursue freedom the rest of our life. It's in order that we can go and make disciples of nations. So why is the message of freedom important? Because the more freedom you have, the more freedom you can release. The more of God that you receive and contain, the more you can broadcast. Because we are called to disciple nations. And right away, some of you are saying, I'm not going to Papua New Guinea. (laughs) It's great. I'm not either. Um. That's not what he's saying. It is what he's saying. It's not what he's saying. There's more to it than that. Discipling nations is, is all people groups. So whatever area of influence that you have, you are called to disciple, to make disciples. Disciples of what? A new way of life, a new way of living, disciples of the kingdom. However, If we aren't able to step into who God's called us to be, we aren't going to be able to do that to the best that God's wanting us to do it. So why is the message of freedom important? It's so that we can do the things that Jesus has called us to do. It's so that when we step into situations and scenarios, we can be so free from ourselves that we are free to help others. We have so much of God in us. We're hearing so much of God that it doesn't matter what's going on with us. It just flows through us. Freedom really is just unplugging the pipes. It really is. Think about a river. A river is always there, isn't it? A river is always flowing. It's always there. God's voice is always speaking. He spoke and it's still it still is. I don't even know how you can, how can you even, how do you even say that? Like God, God spoke and it still is. God spoke everything into existence and it still is. And it still is ising. Like still. But think about that river. God is still speaking. He always is. He always will be. But we have a choice of whether or not we step in the river, don't we? 
We can look at the river. We can observe the river. We can tiptoe, put our tiptoe in the water. We could use the river to fish. We could skip stones on the river, kind of play with it a little bit. Or we can just step right in. God is always speaking, but he needs us to step in and hear his voice. Why do we need freedom? Because some of us, we have ropes around our waist that are tied to a tree way back there, and we're like this, trying to step in, but we can't. It's time to cut some of those ropes. That's freedom. Being able to step into the river. Being able to go wherever it is that you're going from here and just listen. Say, God, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now? And here's the thing that's important. Hearing is very important. Partnering with it and speaking is just as important. Okay. We got to it. Shoot. Bear with me. I haven't processed this yet. So as I was asking God about this message and stuff and going through this whole hearing God thing myself and, and just actually listening to him and saying, God, what are you wanting to say while I'm preparing to get ready to talk about you saying something? Um, what are you wanting to say? And... He said to me, <laughs> once again, a question. <laughs> he said, are you sure of what you're doing? I said, no. And it didn't have anything to do with this message. It didn't have anything to do with anything that I was putting my hands to. It was just this, it was a weird way in which he asked me, but he was trying to get me somewhere. He said, are you sure of what you're doing? And I said, no. I'm not, instantly. I, I didn't even have time to think. And he said, why? I said, well, because I'm not sure of myself. He said, why? And then I said, because I'm not sure of you. He said, why? You're, you're seeing a pattern here. And I said, well, because I, I don't know you well enough in that area. And he said, why? I said, I haven't pursued you enough to know you in that area. And he said, why? And that was the why I was afraid of. And I said, because of laziness. And I was like so conflicted with that because I knew that he was trying to show me something and yet that was the last thing I wanted to hear because I love pursuing him. I love being in his presence. I love spending time Friday morning when no one's in the house and just sitting in the basement and just this, me and him. I love that. 
and yet he said it was laziness. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I said laziness, and guess what he said? Why? <laughs> like, I don't know, God. I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, if I knew, I would, I would try to change it. Right there, I was going to this. If I knew, I would try to change it. Like, I would, I would do more. And eventually what he showed me was it's because some of the things that you're believing. It's because of some of the things that you chose to believe. And what he showed me was I used to be very determined, very committed. I used to be very hardworking. I used to put in all my effort. I used to be super passionate about so many different things. And all of those things that I put my passion and my effort into was met by a voice of harshness, regardless of what it was. And every single time in one of those moments where somebody said something that was counter his nature, I made an inner vow. And in my heart, I chose to believe something that wasn't real. He showed me every single time that somebody came down on me in those areas where I thought I was doing great things and, and just putting everything that I was into it, I closed off a part of me because I said, you know what, forget it then. I'll no longer do that. I don't like the response that I'm getting, so I'm going to change who I am as a person. I'm no longer going to pursue things with the passion and the zeal that God created me for. And in that moment, I closed my eyes, and he started showing me in my heart there were these slivers, these pieces of wood that were, were wedged in my heart, and each one had a name on it. Here's what I want you to pick up on. I saw his hand grab the piece of wood, the splinter that was in my heart, and he wouldn't pull it out until I spoke what he was doing. He was showing me the very thing that I'm revealing to you is truth, but I need you to speak it, and then you'll believe it. And so as he grabbed a hold of sadness, I just simply said, no more sadness in my heart. And he pulled it out. And he went all the way around my heart, pulling one thing after another out. And here's what he said afterwards. He said, now that those things are out, you need to guard your heart. Scripture says that out of your heart flows the issues of life. I don't know if you're catching this. That area of laziness, there's no way I could have done enough to overcome. Because out of my heart was flowing some serious issues from my past. And I didn't even know it. 
there's no way I could have obtained freedom from that on my own. But the very thing that he spoke to me, I was willing to hear. I was willing to listen. I was willing to partner with. I was willing to speak forth. I was willing to believe. I was willing to step into. That very thing is the thing that brought me freedom. This is the only way that this can happen. Spirit to spirit. With him. I want to do something. I, I hardly ever do this, but I feel like we need to before we do some discussion at our tables. If everyone would just close your eyes a minute. Some of you in here may have had the understanding that what makes you right with God are the things that you do for him. I want to say this gently, but I'm saying it on purpose this way. That's not true. It's what Jesus did for all of us that makes us right with him. Someone might think because I go to church, I'm right with God. I'm not even going to use that word right with God. I'm going to say because I go to church, I'm in relationship with God. Jesus is the way we have a relationship with God. Coming to church and doing those things is a byproduct of, the th of that very reality. So what I want to do right now is if God has showed you something new, something different, in a way in which we can relate with him, something that's different from the way that you saw things or something different from a way that you believe things or understood things, I just want to give you a moment to connect with God about that. Some of you may be thinking, I want to hear God in that way, but I don't know how. I'm trying to do the right things, but I can't hear him. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that the how is Jesus. And because of Jesus, you can have a relationship with God and you can hear his voice. So if anyone is here this morning and you're like, okay, I just want to make that simple decision to choose Jesus. I want to make that simple decision to no longer try to make myself right with God but I want to make that decision to come into relationship with God so that I can be made right. 
if you want to make that decision, it's really just a different way of thinking. But I just want you to have that time right now between you and God to just say whatever you need to say, internally, externally, whatever it is. God, I had a wrong understanding. God, I've never heard this before. God, I just realized that I'm trying to make myself right with you. Whatever that is, I'm just going to give you a couple seconds to connect with him. And thank him that you can be in relationship with him because of Jesus and Jesus alone. I just want to pray for everyone before we do some discussion. Father, we thank you that you are a God who's still speaking. Father, I thank you that we can all have a relationship with you. Not just one where we go to church and do the right thing, but one, no matter where we're at, we can hear what you're saying. And so, God, I just ask that the same way that I can hear you, God, I just ask that every single person in this room would hear you. It might look different. It might sound different. It might not be pieces of wood in a heart or a watermelon. But, God, open the ears of everyone in here. Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Shatter those lies. Open eyes, open ears, open hearts to your reality, God. Father, I pray that this group of women is known as a group of women that know you. There's so much evidence of it, God that people notice. So Father, we thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank you that your Spirit is here in this place. Therefore, freedom is in this place. And I thank you that right now you're setting people free. I thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying, and what you're going to continue to say the rest of the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to that scenario that we talked about at the very beginning where everyone promised that they would participate. And uh, I think we have a question up here. I want you to go back to that, that first scenario that we painted. What was your initial thought? What was your initial feeling or reaction to the opening scenario with you and Jesus? And that's what I want you to discuss at your table. 
And it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could be a good thing because as you speak, oh my gosh, this is what I would have done. Someone else may not have even thought of that before. So regardless of what it was, you have freedom to share that. Can we all commit to that? We have freedom to share that uh, with our tables. And we just want you to discuss that.